Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 360, covering Stormfront. Hi friends, this is it. This is this is the final season, the last stretch of 24 or whatever it is, episodes of Enterprise. We're the end. It's very close. It's the start of the end. It's the tunnel is still going. There's a lot of tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know if I see a light, but there's something. There's I mean there's <laughs> It's yeah. the train that is the season finale. Uh, you know what? I know a little about the season finale, and I've said this before, but when I see characters from Next Gen show up, even 15 years older and fatter, I will be happy to see them. All right. I'm just, after all this, who would you rather spend an hour with? Will Riker or John Archer? That's, you got me there. I mean, even if it's sort of sad after the fact, Will Riker, I'd oh, still God. rather. You know. I would give anything for Will Riker to put up his leg and just, you know. Yeah. Well, don't worry, fin- Matt. I'll take care of this. The finale is bookended by a whole bunch of um, Riker and Troy. So mm. that's something. Well, and a bunch of like fans of the actual show were upset because this show didn't get a good finale because it shifted the focus to the other guys. And I get that. But I hate were, the people in this show. So were they also mad that this show didn't get a good everything that isn't the finale? I, you know, I would be really mad about. Th- oh, wait, I am really mad about that. Yeah. And all those people that said season four gets better, well, so far you're wrong. Ugh. This felt like more of the same to me. I don't, I don't know if you agree with that. I, it sure does, but I'm also willing to to take this is just them wiping Brennan Braga off their boot. Sure, just wait for half the last season to be over, and then maybe it starts getting good. Uh huh. And they're just no, no, no. Wait, wait. The last three quarters. Okay, you can't, well, you can't count this one. But the last three. Okay, not the finale either. But okay, these two here. That's it. Like. At this point, I'll take these two here, like... No, I know, but how long do we have to wait for it to get good? Like, I, Fuck, man, I don't know. I, ju- I just watched an entire season of a show that was... Every episode was god-awful, like... Yeah, that's true. And this was not god-awful, I will give it that. It was slightly better than that. I basically had the same complaint about this one that I had about uh, the last episode, which was, like, this is in- just incredibly mediocre, like... Yeah, we're seeing nothing new, nothing we've never this seen before. This is perfectly but... acceptable, boring science fiction. Yeah, if this had been a filler episode of Next Gen or Voyager, it would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Below average. But yeah. for this show, that counts as good, I guess. I, yeah, this is but the best we get. Let's tell Let's tell the folks. This is there's, there's a two-parter, so Matt, we'll, uh, we'll summarize the first half, and then I'll go right into the second half, and then we'll, we'll do our normal thing. Yeah, I'll so do Matt, the storm, and you do the front. Uh... Yeah, I suppose that that's fair. So go ahead, storm it up, Stormy. All right. Previously on Enterprise, the crew defeated the stupid Zindi and the stupid Sphere Builders and went back in stupid time to World War Stupid 2. And Archer was somehow safely exploded out of the core of a sphere and deposited safely behind enemy lines? Also, an alien Nazi was there. Just one more blow their minds from Brandon Braga before he shipped off to Threshold, a show I remember literally nothing about. And also, surprising nobody, 24... So Archer is being shipped from one Nazi camp to another by some asshole when the local resistance shows up to save his stupid butt. He wakes up in the home of Alicia Travers, part of the local resistance. Of Brooklyn? What? Yes, it turns out we're in an alternate universe where the Nazis used alien technology from the future to invade America. 
No word on how Canada is doing. Probably not great. We never do well in alternate histories. Everyone uses us as an example of what could happen to the much more important America, not that I'm bitter. <laughs> anyway, back on Enterprise, horrible Daniels appears in sickbay, and due to paradoxes, different parts of his body are, are different parts of his personal timeline. So, like, his cheek is 36 and his left testicle is just 6. It's both gross and hilarious. <laughs> this is what happens when you stick your dick in time, Daniels. You schmuck. Also, some Sulaban asshole, yes, we're still dealing with the Sulaban assholes, shows up, gets his ass whipped by Trip, and then steals a shuttle to Earth. Trip and Travis follow, finally giving Travis something to do for the first time in a year. And on Earth, Archer and the Resistance meet up with some aliens, who, some alien who's keeping tabs on the war, and Archer is disgusted when the Resistance resorts to torture to get information out of him. Yeah, it's real tough to watch, ain't it? Uh, so the Resistance gets killed by Nazis, but Archer and Travers escape to Enterprise via transport. Meanwhile, Trip and Travis track down the, miss the missing shuttle and explode it with a bunch of Nazis inside, but then get captured, and the episode ends with an alien in SS uniform standing in an engine room full of Nazi flag like it's fucking Wolfenstein. Part 2 opens with an actually moderately entertaining newsreel getting us up to speed on Philip K. Dick's The Man in the High Castle. Nazis in America? What a ridiculous notion! Back on Enterprise, Archer spends a few more minutes with Alicia, literally explaining the basic premise of the show to her. And we're there for every riveting second of it. And I hope you like explaining, because brother, there's a lot of it in this one. And yet, somehow, despite endless speeches about temporal agents and incursions, nobody's closer to understanding what the temporal Cold War is. Deciding that they've reenacted those scenes from First Contact and half a dozen other Trek episodes long enough, Archer and Alicia beam back to Earth, and man, if this line from Memory Alpha doesn't completely sum up Enterprise in a nutshell. She wonders how the transporter works, but when Archer merely shrugs, she replies she has lost interest. Yeah, me too, lady. The bad guys agree to exchange Trip and Travis for... nothing? And Archer completely falls for this, and then everyone's surprised when Trip turns out to be a Suliban. Oh good, these guys again. So Archer throws the Suliban guy into a jail cell, and then goes in and threatens him while his hands are around his neck. Just in case you were thinking we might be getting a different, less tortury John Archer this season. Nope! Somehow, the Suliban agrees to go back down to Earth with Archer to raid the alien Nazi compound and rescue Trip. The Suliban dies in the process, which is nice, but then Daniels also undies, because you know that old saying, when Brandon Braga closes a door, Manny Cotto opens a window. Then Archer stops whatever dumb thing the aliens were trying to do, and he's pulled into a swirling mass of stock footage with Daniels. Apparently the timeline has been restored, despite the fact that all this stuff happened well after the Nazis had already taken the east coast of the US, but why start trying to make sense of any of this now? Then Enterprise is poofed back to its own time and is greeted by a whole fleet of starships. Some kind of star fleet, I guess you'd say, which... Where were these guys when Enterprise was the only ship available to go after the Zindi? Like, okay, maybe they weren't built yet at the end of Season 3, but if this is supposed to be the time we left to go back to World War II, that means these ships did exist when the Zindi superweapon was coming toward Earth. Did all these captains just turn off their lights and pretend not to be home when they saw Archer coming? I mean, I'd have probably done the same thing in their place, come to think of it. Yeah. It's just like all, like, it's, it's meant to be like the end of Voyager, I think, where they triumphantly return to Earth and all the ships come to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. But... What, what ships? Where do ships I, come from? I can only imagine everyone's just like, fuck, Archer's coming. Everybody look important and busy. I, I guess. Or, or he might torture, torture us. us. Yeah. Where's, so where's, my, where's my welcome home party? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. We promised him a party. <laughs> Who was in charge of this? Uh, there's you said so you'd make us a cake. <laughs> you said you'd make us a cake. 
Yeah, he said you'd bake us a cake. <laughs> you, you, there were so many things in this that could have been fun. Uh huh. Like it could have been a goofy, campy adventure where they kill alien Nazis. Can you think of one moment where any of our main characters, any of the seven or whatever crew members of of Enterprise, actually enjoyed themselves for one second? No, it's so dour, which, I mean, okay, the Nazis conquering North America, yeah. Like, of course. That's bad, but also, like, this is a great time to, like, do some fucking guys, our guys killing Nazis. I love that shit. Here's the thing about Nazi stories. There's two ways you can go. You can go super serious and say these were really bad guys who believed in actual genocide and ethnic cleansing and did horrible, horrible things. And we need to treat this with the utmost respect because there are still people alive who remember how awful they were Mm -hmm. or fuck even trying to paint this with anything close to a realistic brush. Let's go the Indiana Jones route. And these guys are the cartooniest of cartoon villains. And that's the route to take when you put aliens in, not in SS uniforms. Yeah. Cause guess what? It looks ridiculous. Although I will say this, it does not look as ridiculous as the aliens that are working on the uh, on the time tunnel who are wearing lab coats and ties, which I cracked yeah. up at every time. Oh, I love an alien in a normal human costume. That's that's I'm a sucker for that. Like you guys don't need to wear that. I get the uniforms. You're doing the whole Nazi thing, but you guys can dress. However, there's no dress code for the aliens. Yeah, they're clearly in charge, and the Nazis answer to them. Uh huh. But it just, it it just, again, none of the characters on this show had the, even, like, Trip wasn't like, oh boy, I get to kill Nazis. Like, no, he's put in jail and then yeah. replaced by a duplicate and then, uh, it just, oh, Now, we were talking about this before the episode. Trip should have gone full on and glorious bastards for this, ep- for this episode. Yeah. It would have been I amazing. I want my scalps. <laughs> Absolutely. Buongiorno. <laughs> Well, but Malcolm, no. you speak the most Italian. I speak the second most. You don't speak any Italian, Trip. That's what I said. <laughs> also, okay, so they're trying to figure out when the timeline deviated, which you do in any, you know, sure. timeline's been changed episode. That's, that's it's like, okay, how much protocol. do we have to clean up? Yeah, exactly. Where did it, like, where did it change and how do we fix it? But Malcolm's the one who figures it out. And it's like, I totally buy this guy's into war stuff because that's his thing. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about the assassination of, of Lenin. And I think it was like 1917, so I might have misspoke. It might have been after World War One or during, I don't know, some somewhere in the early part of the 1900s. But like, then the Bolsheviks took, I, he's talking about different factions of Russia, and I'll, yeah. I'll freely admit I don't know Russian history. I don't really know any of that stuff off the top of my head. I sure. took it in school, and if I like skimmed something, I refreshed my memory. But off the top of my head, I'm not sure. But anyway, he's like, this faction should have been in charge, and this faction was instead, and therefore the Nazis didn't see Russia as a, uh, you know, a threat and blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's all fine, but why is Malcolm the one who knows this? Yeah. Could have been Hoshi, could have been T'Pol, like, could have been random crewman number six. See, we were talking about this, too. I believe that Malcolm knows literally everything about any war history. Like, as yeah. soon as he as he, he talks to, starts talking about that, I'm like, yeah, that's the this is the guy who knows that. But regular history? No. I think if he and Hoshi had delivered a, a report together, she mm-hmm. started with the history stuff and then he took over with the war stuff, that would so, be better. Oh, and it would have given her anything to do. Oh, boy. And then World War One was supposed to happen like this. Yeah. But instead, she um, she plays she receives a speech from Winston Churchill. And that is all she does. Uh huh. I assume live just. <laughs> yeah. No, that is that is what happened. 
Winston Churchill's on the radio and also some guy called the Shadow who we should oh, yeah, probably they, get to help us. They did mention the Shadow. So canonically the Shadow exists. Well, I don't know if any of this ever happened, so. <laughs> canonically the Shadow and and uh, ladders both exist. <laughs> <laughs> but really at the end they they blow up the time tunnel and everything that's been changed goes back even the stuff that happened before World War II. How how I d- I don't know, but I'm just glad it's over. Like, yeah, it and it is. Like, Memory Alpha confirms this is the last part of the Temporal Cold War. We don't see Daniels again. Mm-hmm. We don't see any of this stuff again. So that's and, no more Suliban. Like, it's all done. And in a scene that I will take as the only good thing I've ever enjoyed about Archer, Archer just tells Daniels to fuck right off. No, and and what I've heard was that's that's code. That's that's Manny Cotto telling Brandon Braga to fuck off, which I uh-huh. get, but. On the other hand, you never come to... around here again. I don't want to talk to you. I hate your stupid face. Leave me alone. Never yeah, darken my towels John. again. <laughs> no, but could we maybe do one thing without angrily growling? Maybe. No, we can't. I, I guess that's his thing. Well, whatever. <sighs> all right. Well, I I decided sort of arbitrarily. If you can come up with two good things, by all means. But I figured since this is just one big story, we really only should do one. Oh, God, I spent so much time trying to think. I mean, my good thing is so terrible that, like... <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're you struggling a little here. I, uh-huh. I, I'll give you that. What yeah, did you um, come up with? Trip looks goddamn good in 1940s Earth Casual. Yeah, that's it. The end. Yep. He's wearing a button-up shirt and a pair of khakis. He looks hot as hell. <laughs> yeah. There's, um... There's, there's, uh... Th- this will probably be the cover art, because this was the image that jumped out to me the most. Um... The Suliban dude, his name is Silic. I just didn't feel like saying that, but uh, I know what his name is. Um, he he he's the Suliban from before, right? Like he showed yeah, up he's, a bunch of times. Yeah, and actually, we see him out of his makeup, like he disguises himself yeah. as a human, which isn't bad. I usually like when they do that and give the actor a chance to pretend as human and not have to wear all the makeup. That, you know, it's good for him. There, there's a moment where uh, where Trip goes Silic, and I go, "Who?" Yeah, you know that. Well, that also they spend an entire season not mentioning the Suliban even once so yeah. like it's a deep callback at this point you got to remember 30 episodes back yeah which so, i refuse to do yeah but even if you're into the show it's it would strain your memory like oh yeah. right from from late season two i guess uh-huh uh but anyway there's a bit just before he disguises himself as human when he's wearing the dorkiest looking outfit <laughs> like he's got a striped shirt and like a, <laughs> a newsy cap or something yep uh, no no archer's got the newsy cap Oh, yeah. The two of them just look the most ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's delightful because he's still a Suliban, but he's he looks like, you know, he looks like Ernie of Ernie and Bert. Yep. Like he's got a horizontal striped shirt. <laughs> I don't know. He just. Uh, Gee, Bert, I'm sure looking forward to fighting the Nazis with you. <laughs> yep. So trip trip in uh, period costume is, is all you had. huh? Yep. That's it. That's fair. Did, I, did I you do better? Them. Uh, a little bit, but not really. I went with basically a character from another show. <laughs> sure. Uh, there's a couple of mobsters. We didn't talk much about this. I mean, it's it is part of it. And, well, I called them know. the resistance, but they're really just the mob. Yeah, it's and you know, there's a couple of not terrible jokes. Like the thing is, this guy and I don't. I should have written the actor's name down, and I didn't. And and I probably should have done that. He on The Sopranos, he played Bobby Bacala. Um, he's been in a million billion things as a mobster. He's just got that look. Um, and in the Sopranos, the, the whole thing is his character's kind of a joke. He's kind of a big lumbering dumb guy. And over the course of the show, 
as the better people get taken out one way or another, he ends up being in charge and he's so not suited for it. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's one of those kind of things. But um, in this, he actually gets some good laugh line. Like, I, I qualified my statement before. There is some fun in here. None of the none of the main cast has any fun. Like, none of Archer or Tripp or, or any of those guys, like, seem to be enjoying themselves. This guy actually had some good lines, some good, like, moments. Yep. There's that standard bit whenever you meet a mobster where they insist that they're in legitimate business. Yep. Where he's like, uh, yeah, we loan people money. Sometimes people need money, right? You know, it's actually not bad. We work at a shipping company. It's perfectly legitimate shipping company. Yeah. And you ship drugs. Shut up. Look, we ship boxes. Whatever's in the boxes, that that ain't our problem. None of my business. Yeah. No, there's, there's a bit of that, which is cute. And there's him, you know shooting Nazis and actually kind of having fun with it. Like he actually is doing what I wish our, our guys were doing, like having yeah. fun with it. And he can never like, because he's a, a meathead mobster from the forties. Can't really think beyond like he can't, he calls them Martians. Cause yeah. he can't conceive of anything more complicated than that. Space Martians. eh? yeah, I like that. I like, he's, he's pretty okay. And he's not a bad actor. And it's nice to see him play someone a little more competent than he got on, on that other show. He was good mm-hmm. on that show too, but you know, <laughs> but that's it. That's that's all I had. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Just, it just, it so didn't need to be two-parter. Like, well, that's my bad thing. Oh, good. Okay, well. Yeah. The first part sets up that there are Nazis, which we already knew, that the Temporal Cold War was a thing, which we already knew, and it introduces Archer to his new friends, which, okay, that that's the new part. Like, he meets this uh, Alicia Travers, and he meets these mobsters. That could have been ten minutes. That could have been the first act. Mm-hmm. The other way, like everyone on Enterprise kind of spins their wheels and we cut to the Nazis a few times, like all that stuff could have been compressed into about 10 minutes and then the rest of part two could have happened and you didn't need two parts at all. You know what really pisses me off? I was just thinking about this Mm -hmm. is how much of the last of the episode before Stormfront was devoted to what's going to happen in the next episode. Fuck off, Brandon Braga. That's not your decision. (laughs) I don't know. I, I get why he did it. Like, it was a shock. It was like five minutes of the, la- the last episode. Yeah, it was. And then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. Yeah, and then for an hour, nothing happens. Yeah. It just, like, if the point of this, and I get I get and respect and, and appreciate this as a viewer who's sick of the Temporal Cold War, which clearly no one knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that you want to clear the table and start over, but why would you take two parts to do it? You didn't need that. Yeah. Why didn't you just do it in one? And then you get 23 episodes to tell your own stories instead of 22 now. The only thing I can think is it's just like, well, it's a season premiere. We got to do a two-parter. You don't. There's there's a few times they've done that. And yeah. DS9 did a three-parter once and a six-parter mm-hmm. once. But mostly it's one. It's it, Dude, you're running the show. You get to make these decisions. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. The network might have some notes, but mostly it's your call. Yeah. It just, like, why? Why? Like, there was nothing that justified it. Yeah. There hardly ever is. Like, we say this basically every time Star Trek does a two-parter. We said it in Next Gen. We said it in Voyager. We said it here. Like, DS9 kind of gets a pass. But yeah, they had a couple of two-parters that didn't really justify it. I mean, there's, like, there's so many that's just like, you didn't. You know, but I'm thinking of past tense. Yeah. Fuck off, past tense. (laughs) (laughs) But even our problems with it notwithstanding, that didn't need to be a two-parter. Yeah. And there's a couple others like that. But you, you, that show handles serialization better. And I think that may be one of the things, joking aside, that may be one of the things we'll see improve 
with this last season is they might get a little better with the serialization because from what I understand, they do sort of two or three episode arcs. It's not a season long thing. It's sort of like this story takes as long as it takes, and then we do the next one. And like, all right, well, if it's if the writing's good, man, I, like that would make me incredibly happy. I don't. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not sold so far, but you know, I, like I said, I'm willing to believe this is like. <laughs> This is kicking the what's left of Brandon Braga out the door. Yeah, but you said this back when we did the 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 real real. Uh, oh God, what was it called? I don't remember. It's all purged from my mind now. The first big Archer torture one, the the uh-huh. one where he stole uh, Demar's engines. Yeah, you said Archer. That's the point of no return for you. That you no matter. Oh no, what, I'm never gonna like the character, but yeah. the show could get better. <sighs> the thing is, he's the show. Yeah, like every Star Trek show, the captain is the main guy. Like, that's one of the things I like better about Discovery. It's more of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Like, but in all the other shows up to this point, the captain is the one we spend the most time on. He's the heart of the team. He's the yep. one everyone rallies around. So if he's we, done, then we're done. You know, we were so close. We were so close to them killing off Archer for this season. Oh, that would have been so nice. It was so close to happening. Thanks, Rick. Ugh. <sighs> we could have had we could have had Trip in charge. I they probably would have introduced a different character, but driving I, the Enterprise through fucking dirt and stuff. <laughs> hey, look! I can jump over this car. Y'all want to see? Y'all want to see me do donuts on Jupiter? <laughs> Yeehaw! It's a starship. It doesn't really work like that. Look what how you did to the red spot, you piece of shit! How did you squeal tires in a nebula? We there's so many things wrong with that. <laughs> Also, the red spot will be gone by then. It's going to be gone in like 30 years, they found out. Is it really? Yeah, it's going like it's still around for a while, but it's going to be gone within our lifetimes. Wow. Can I just take a moment to say that sucks? Eh, you know, it's it's a storm like it's been going as long as we can see there. It's just neat. Oh, it totally is. But like everything it, else in space. It's just neat. You think some things in space are gross. That's why well, I mean, look, I think most things are gross. That's true. Uh, speaking of gross, what'd you have for a bad thing? Uh, what did I pick? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I was okay. thinking of gross Daniels. Oh, God. You, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you killed Daniels and then you took it away from me. How much must I suffer to see Daniels die and then live again? What have I done? What sins could one man possibly commit in a lifetime to deserve this? The best thing was that you got to part one before I did. But I came in and did both parts before you got to part two. Yep. So briefly, when I opened our, our shared document, I saw your good thing was that they'd killed Daniels. Uh-huh. And then when I came in this morning for uh, to, to, to prep for the show, suddenly you'd move that to your bad thing because they took it back. <laughs> Those fuckers. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fucked up. God, just like, I had this great Daniels death scene, and he really suffered, too. Like, yeah, he did. He got attacked by paradoxes and like <laughs> he got he got he spilled time all over himself. And it, like I, I mentioned this in the summary, but like his entire body is just all of it is aging at different rates. Can so, we like, talk about how stupid and nonsensical that is? Oh, it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, but it makes no sense. It's 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 moronic, but the makeup's real good, and he looks real sad. He looked exactly like uh, the effect they put on Tom Paris when he was starting to turn into a lizard guy. Yes, he's got the weird teeth and everything. Yeah, it's kind of like Elephant Man makeup. Yes, it's uh, just, just also it, that that guy's never been a good enough actor to pull off anything, and that no. that stands. 
And can I just... His name is Daniels. Yeah. It's not a memorable name for a character who's going to keep showing up, you know? Daniels. Daniels. Fuck off. His whole deal, like, he spilled time all over himself. Yeah. And then he took Archer to time. They were standing around in time, I guess. Everything about this dude is just, like, the most generic guy in the world who suddenly became super... Impo- it's like it's like if a red shirt somehow got promoted to captain of the Enterprise J. Well, yeah, he was post... He, he was posing. Like, he was he was pretending to be, like, some junior crewman for a while. Yeah. But, like, then, I, I think about this a lot just because, like... Because he's on the Enterprise J, I'm like, okay, well, like, so he's the star of a future Star Trek, right? I guess. And look at him. Yeah. Just look at him. Do I have to? Looks like some moron you're stuck behind at the post office who can't get his shit together. <laughs> Fuck off, Daniels, you piece of shit. I'd like to mail this box of time. Yep. Oh, I no, just... it's all... Oh, no, it's getting everywhere. I, I can't get over how oh, nonsensical... Now my left foot is a baby. <laughs> Not a baby's foot, but an actual baby. <laughs> you have an actual goat for a face. Oh, shit. I do, I can't get over how they treat time like a place or like a, a an object like a like a substance like mm-hmm. they just what what they keep having these elaborate speeches about how they're going to conquer all of time and I'm just like fuck off how does that work I don't like it's almost like the guy is almost explaining it where they're like we're going to go back and forth and change everything so that everything benefits us and I'm like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard go eat a dick the thing is, in a in a broad, like, simple sense, it's not bad. It's Terminator. Mm. Go back and change the thing that got in your way so that then you can be successful. But Yeah, but at least Terminator is cool because their plan is to throw robots at the problem until it stops working. Yeah, but, but that's also very simple. One guy stopped us, so we'll go back to make sure he was never born. That's, mm-hmm. that's the most straightforward time travel plot you can have, basically. Mm-hmm. Like... Make one event not happen, and then everything changes. Good. But this is also convoluted and twisted up and different agents that we've never identified. We've never identified everyone who's fighting each other. Like, a bunch of the players show up for the first time here, and we've never seen them before, and we'll never see them again. Yeah. Like, so much of this temporal Cold War just doesn't, like... the, the I would say a third of these two episodes spends time... Uh, talking, like, really trying to explain it to us, like, trying to talk through temporal incursions and and Mm -hmm. the agents and all that stuff. And I'm no closer to understanding it than I was before. Like, for all the time they spend trying to explain it to us, I don't understand. (laughs) And neither do they. It's very clear they don't understand. Maybe the real temporal Cold War is trying to get enough time to explain what the fuck is going on. And then that last scene where they're standing in time. Like, I say that, but really, they're standing in this weird shimmery place where images float by them as history happens around them. It's Mm -hmm. so dumb. It's not like the Guardian of Forever was kind of cheesy because it was made in the 60s, but that was better than this. Yeah, no, the only thing that could have been worse or possibly better is if it was just clocks going by. (laughs) What happened to us, Kodos? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Nope. At all. Uh, well, at least it's done. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. I mean, the unless cold, Discovery the decides they want to bring it back. But. Fucking over. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else indeed? Oh, there's a, there's a point where they still think Archer's dead. Mm-hmm. In the first part. And 
Trip says to, to Paul, I had to write this down because this is just too, like, really? Really? He says, the captain always tried to put the best light on the worst situation. Name one think... fucking example where he did that. I don't one. that's true at all, Trip. One but, example. Uh, <laughs> if you want to start eulogizing him now, I guess I can't stop you. He was your friend. Yeah, but. Remember how great the captain was? He's dead now. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm still on that first part. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> I just, he never put the best light on the worst situation ever. He was the no. first one to yell and bitch and, and talk about how things are better on his planet and, and give him a speech about how everything's better now that he's here. And, mm-hmm. oh, Jesus Christ. Just enough. <sighs> what else? Uh, we got some good Porthos. Yep. Although, Actually, uh, Flox gives him cheese. This is your quote, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and roll that. All right. It's chicken liver, your favorite, with grated cheddar. <sighs> oh, I can't say I blame you. I don't have much of an appetite myself. Perhaps a Denobulan lullaby hmm? will improve your mood. Yeah. On the other hand, my singing would often drive my children to tears. Maybe what you need is a nice, thick steak. I'll uh, see what Chef has on the menu. Be right back. That's like, they just, they play, you know, beagles have that natural sad look when they want to. Mm-hmm. And they really played that up. It was, it was a nice moment. I'm not sad Archer's gone, but the dog is. Flox is like, oh, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. He thinks Porthos is just like, is sad about Archer. He just wants, he's just holding out for steak. Yep. Money's too tight for steak. Oh. Steak? Yeah. Uh, Finally, well. a little quiet time to relive some of my old favorites. <laughs> Honey roasted peanuts. Ingredients. <laughs> Ingredients. <laughs> money can be exchanged for goods and services. I mean, do they have money? They probably still have money. Yeah. I don't know. They don't have war. Like no. Tells that to, uh, I keep wanting to call her Lily because that was the name of the character that Picard met in First Contact. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about her for a minute. She wasn't bad. No, she's fine. But how many times have we seen this character? Who oh, yeah. The uh, our injured time traveler back to health and then ends up on the ship and then they give her a speech about how things are going to be better for humanity someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. Yeah. God damn it. Think of a new thing. It's so it's so it's so trick masturbatory to take someone from the past and show them like this is how everything's going to be better. Yeah. And, and they the do it all is- the time. They always do the shot of them looking at Earth from space, yeah. which I get is like a big, you know, it's it's a big grand thing, especially if you've never seen it before. But you've done it so many times. Yeah, it loses its impact when you do it every single time. Like we've been doing that since uh, since Kirk kidnapped that astronaut to abuse himself. Yeah. And it's happened many, many times since then. Mm hmm. And there's, I don't know, there's, I mean, at least she didn't fall in love with him. She had a husband who was off screen. He was, he was fighting in the war. Yep. So that was good, at least. She didn't, like, kiss him at the end. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, she was a woman of color, and we know how the Nazis felt about them, and we got a couple of things. There wasn't much. Yeah. But there was a little bit, and it's like, oh, boy. Every time that started to happen, I was just, like, bracing myself because Enterprise is trying to handle something serious. This'll this'll go well. The thing is for the most part, they barely touch on it. Like they're they, almost they too do. scared to do anything about it. But there's a bit where he's walking with her and they're walking close together, 
and they give them shit because they're an interracial couple. Oh, yeah. Can I just, by the way, for a second... Uh-huh. Um, what the fuck kind of Nazis in a TV show just uh, fucking get get lip from a guy and his uh, black girlfriend mm-hmm. and then just let them go? Yeah. No, it's not. Like, what? That's not what they, like. <sighs> yeah, because that's what the Nazis were known for was their tolerance. Yeah. Uh, at one point, they mentioned stealth time travel. Ooh, fuck that line. <laughs> We've perfected the art of stealth time travel. Oh, fuck. All the way off. You know, what we do is we pour ourselves a glass of time. A hot piping mug of time. And then we run it through a silencer. (laughs) And then the time travel is quiet enough that we can sneak past other time travelers to travel through time. And then we we hush it all up at the office of time travel. What the fuck are you talking about, you insane moron? Yeah. What? Well, time, what? Time, is, time is a place. You can hide in the past. Oh. And steal people's blood in Detroit. And steal people's blood. In Detroit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, there's a point where they're interrogating Trip. And mm-hmm. It's like, oh, honey, good luck with that. Uh-huh. That guy doesn't actually know what time is, like, normally. Yeah. Much less what a temporal agent. I mean, none of us know. He's but- the, honestly, he's the perfect person to torture because, one, he doesn't know anything. And, two, he's an idiot. Right. He, had, he literally think, cannot give you any information. I think two sort of follows one. Like, I think they're <laughs> related points. I don't know anything important, and also I I'm not smart enough to know what not to tell you. <laughs> yeah. The, the, guy comes out, the guy comes out covered in blood, just like, so how'd it go? What'd you get out of him? His mother's recipe for catfish. <laughs> it Which sounds actually, real good, by the way. Actually, before I started torturing him, he gave me that as, as like an icebreaker. <laughs> Oh, hello. Are you going to be torturing me today? Hey, look, you know what I could go for before we get started here? I'll, I'll tell you whatever you want to know, but I could go for some catfish. Now, here's how my mommy made it. Get me some catfish and the cheapest beer you can find. <laughs> and some breadcrumbs. Then you put it in hot oil. The end. A <laughs> uh, bunch of the bunch of the different factions are from, like, the 81st century. Or, uh-huh. like, you get into that whole bullshit again. Where We're it's getting like, oh, into that weird time where, where the future, it's so the future, it doesn't even matter. It's yeah, like the year from one the billion billionth century. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't want anything to be around in a billion years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I mean, we're already in the 21st century, so it wouldn't be quite a billion years. It would uh-huh. be like, you know. A billion minus 21 uh, yeah. centuries. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, at one point, Travis is looking at the time tunnel or whatever crap. They, I was never clear on what they were making. Yeah, the time tunnel care. from the t- from the uh, 1980s TV show Time Tra- or Time Tunnel. I thought that was the 60s. I might be wrong. Yeah, I think I think that's much older. I don't but, know when um, people go back in time, Al. Like, well, maybe they made it in the 80s, but they went back and put it on TV in the 60s. Ah, brilliant. With their time tunnel. When they were hiding in the 60s. <laughs> hiding in the past. But it, but uh, Travis looks at it, and then he comes back to Enterprise, and he says, I know this is crazy, but I think it might be a time machine. Like, that, Travis, guy, you're in the past. We have all acknowledged that we're in the past. I, I, wh- it's not that crazy. Wh- what do you think a time machine looks like, Travis? I hope it's a sleigh with a giant clock tied to the back to it, of it. <laughs> I just, I like him. Like, guys, I don't want to go to, you know... Like, in the realm of the hypothetical or anything, but maybe Time Machine? <laughs> he said in the year 1944, 150 years before he was born. 
you guys don't get mad or anything. I think time travel might exist. Yeah. Travis, where have you been? Well, I was down in engine. I've been in engineering for a long time, so I honestly couldn't tell you what's been going on. <laughs> oh, so you don't know we're in the past. We're in the past? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nine. It's the 1940s. I'm staying on the ship. Yep. No, thank you. There's oh. a line from, uh, I think it's that new time travel show, Timeless. I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the line, and I think it's hilarious. Oh, there's a there's a few people of color in that, and there's like they're always so reluctant to to go to anything before now. Yeah, it's just some guys like you got to go help him. He's like, I'm a black man. There is there is nowhere in time where I am safe. Yeah, good good of them to call that out, but yeah. also still make the show. Like that's that's cool. I like that. Uh huh. Um, the most unintentionally hilarious bit in this episode for me. Was there's there's a point where there's a standoff between the Enterprise, which is up in orbit, and uh, the the one of the Nazi factions, alien Nazi factions, and they've got like a big ray gun on the surface that they're mm-hmm. shooting up at Enterprise, covered in Nazi flags, by the way. Of course, because you put uh-huh. your flag on everything. That's yeah. That's, it's like the Bat label maker in the Bat Cave. <laughs> but um, and it it hits Enterprise and it takes some damage, and then um, T'Pol backs the ship up, and they can't shoot it anymore. <laughs> Because they're out of they're out of its five hundred foot range or whatever, and of course you get out of range. That's fine. It's just to me it was funny because it's like now we've got our ultimate weapon. Oh no, we didn't count on them stepping backwards three feet. Shit, uh, move it forward five feet. That'll te- that'll teach them. And then they just keep backing up and backing up, and it's just you know. Well, eventually we'll chase them out of the solar system. If only. Uh huh. I just I don't know why it made me laugh. It's you know. <laughs> Um, at one point we had, uh, uh, Silic doing the boneless Suliban thing, which I still like. Mm-hmm. I like he, um, they're trying to sneak into the Nazi thing at the end and, uh, he just like <laughs> collapses his bones and slithers in through the air vent. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, it, every time I see it, it just always reminds me of the dude from the X-Files who can do that. I, I don't know that one. So I'm just, I'm trying to point out things I liked. Mm-hmm. That's fair. He turns, like, he turns into like a weird pile. Yeah, I like that. Which I guess if you've got no bones, good for you. I mean, cats do that too. I bet Suliban love like fitting into a box. It's <laughs> like squeezing into the container that could, you know, the smallest container possible. The Suliban motto is if I if if I fits I sits. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good for them. Yep. God, I can't imagine anything worse than like you go to get your fucking underwear out of a drawer, there's a fucking Suliban curled up in there. Yeah, and he hisses at you like a snake. Uh-huh. How am I going to get my underwear? There's a Sula ban on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I got to get a new house now. Ugh. Get out of there. No, it's warm from the dryer. <laughs> I don't get, and I've said this before, and I'm sure I'll say it again, why everyone loves Archer. Like, you no, know, you've definitely, you're definitely talking to someone who agrees with you on that one. Because the Suliban guy, before he dies, is like, you are a worthy adversary, and I see why Daniel sought you out for help. Like, I don't. It's just it's just the show's way of bit like huh huh Archer yeah. tell don't show it's yeah it's, it's like they looked at what happened in the outrageous Okana and said let's make that a series the outrageous let's, Archer let's have everyone constantly talking about how great he is but never bother to show that even no once. and we just show him being the worst the worst captain of all yelling time. at his people mistreating people breaking mm-hmm. all rules for no good reason yeah. And everyone, lo- like, seriously, the Suliban guy goes on and on about it. What a great adversary he was. And and then Arch- or, uh, Archer, Daniels, goes on and on about 
like how yep. he's going to be this important guy. And like, I know we've established that before, but he goes, mm-hmm. you were even a, you were an even more impressive person in person than I ever would have imagined. Yep. Like, oh, shut up. Yep. Shran used to do it all the time. Oh like. yeah. Shran too. Probably will again. Cause I know he comes back. Yep. So. Archer. There's no. no one as wonderful as you. Everyone just like adores him. And why? Whence, I just whence met the a adoration? named Archer. Yeah. I don't, get it at all even a little bit yeah it's ridiculous and stupid and i hate it and i hate archer yeah me too i wish he could get his hand caught in a trash compactor (laughs) honestly at this point i know you've latched on to trip pretty hard but he's done so little Mm -hmm. interesting to me that it's like like i will complain about having to watch enterprise like at like i always do Mm -hmm. and amanda will say well there's trip and i'll so like everything about trip is made up by me to amuse myself like but for a while there, it was happening for real, and like yeah. he played a fucking harmonica. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, was, I miss that shit. But like now, it's just like, and I'm here too. I, I, all I can do is hope that we're getting back into stuff like that now that now that season three is over. Mm-hmm. God, season three. Yeah, I'm not impressed with season four so far, and everyone's well, no. like, "Well, you got to keep waiting." Okay, how long do you have to fucking wait? Yeah. We already waited three quarters of the show, and even now it's not good yet. Yeah. Just, uh, what Ah. Else? I feel like we're going to run a little short just because it was basically one big episode. Well, it was the not, one big episode, yeah, yeah, you know. Less to talk about, really. Yeah. Uh, we did have, I, I did want to point this out. We, we sh- uh, uh, this would be too much work. I kind of want to start an Archer in Jail count, but I also don't want to do the work that that would I mean, involve. I'd be fine with that, except that we're, like, four, we're into season four now, and, yeah. like... Basically, if a listener wants to go back and count all the times, we would love that. I'm not That's asking it, that you would to do be that, that would be very interesting to put me. up a tally board or something. But this this episode, I think, counts because the episode opens with him going off to prison again. Yep, he's been. Captured. He starts in one prison. He's being shipped to another prison. Yeah, now he might not be in a cell because he's being transported, but he's definitely mm-hmm. a prisoner. So I think that counts. Not the at prisoner. the very least, it's like a half. Uh, the, the Nazis were all wearing the SS skulls, which just made me think of the uh, Mitchell and Webb sketch. Mm-hmm. Possibly the best Nazi sketch ever. Well, I don't know of a lot of other Nazi sketches, period, but... Uh, no, I mean, that's true, but, like, I, that's I one, one of those of things where now I can, I can never see an SS uniform without thinking, there's skulls on our hats. Are we the baddies? Yeah. No, that is... The, I mean, I love those guys, and that's yeah. one of their best bits. Very good. Uh, anything else? Um, no, you want to give us your, your, your quote? I guess so. <laughs> oh, this is, this is, again, I wish I'd written the actor's name down. I don't have it handy, but the guy who played Bobby Bacala on, on The Sopranos, um, he's still sort of disbelieving this whole, uh, aliens crap. Uh-huh. And, uh, so he says this. What are we going after this time? A Loch Ness monster? And I just, I want to watch mobsters fighting cryptids. Hey, it's the Loch Ness Monster. Look over there. It's a fucking Yeti. Like, that would be so much better than what, what this we is. We gotta go fuck up the moth, man. Well, forget that. We gotta get the Jersey Devil. We gotta take care of our own backyard first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gonna make a pair of cement shoes for the Dover Demon. The North Jersey Devil. <laughs> Trap his ass on the fucking turnpike like Sonny Corleone. <laughs> Big Jimmy got killed by the Ogo Pogo. <laughs> Get out of here with that Canadian bullshit. No. Okay. 
All right. Well, yeah, a little short this time, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, next week, uh, our pal Tidro will be joining us. Ooh. Look forward to that. And I believe uh, on the show, our pal Brent Spiner will be joining us. Uh. I'm not sure what to think of that yet, but yeah. a familiar face, you know. In theory, I like Brent Spiner. Yeah, I mean, I like Jeffrey Combs, and he's lifted this, like, he elevates the show a little bit, so. And in reality, Brent Spiner was a maniac on Twitter for a couple <laughs> of years. God. You remember that? Yeah, of course I do. When we, when everyone first started coming to Twitter, 2008, 2009, somewhere around there, his, yeah, his Twitter was, like, I stopped following him a long time ago. Oh, yeah, me too. But he was, yeah, he would do these serial stories like there was one where like he was at the Oscars, but then he got kidnapped and oh God, I don't even remember. It's been, it's been like 10 years. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to look that up, see if I can find anything. Yeah, no, he was, he's absolute, absolutely bonkers and mm-hmm. it was delightful, but it was also a bit much to, to deal with like all the time. Yeah. So now here, what's, what's up this week, Brent? <laughs> Oh, no, it wasn't this week. It was every day with something. Uh-huh. Was he? It was him and Jonathan Frakes we saw at Emerald City that one year, right? Wasn't Michael Dorn there, too? No, I don't think Michael Dorn was there. I, I went to something that had Michael Dorn at it. No, this was an Emerald City that you and I, like, we had a table at, but we took an hour because there were two. Oh, fuck, guys. yes, that's where Gene's visionary vision comes from. Right, but it was those two, right? Yes, yeah, it okay. was. Yeah. And there oh, that was, was way yeah, back. Fun and delightful, but. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Uh, yep. If you want to write to us, post Core at Gmail. Uh, the big news, of course, is our big live show, uh, June 30th at the Pocket Theater in the Greenwood uh, uh, neighborhood of Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. Please come see us. It is technically free. Like, it's a donate to the venue kind of thing. But, uh, you know, if you just want to give them a couple of bucks, that is totally yeah. fine. Um, we will be screening the first episode of Discovery. The Vulcan Hello, is it's called. Mm-hmm. Not maybe not the best title, but uh, it sounds like a sex move, but it isn't. <laughs> it sounds like a Seinfeld episode, but it isn't. Yeah, it is. It Jerry does. Vulcan, hello, <laughs> Uncle Leo. <laughs> but uh, Uncle Lorca. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it Uncle should Leonard. Be, it should be a great time. We're uh, we're we're celebrating the end of the Rick Berman era and and yep. and kicking off the first episode of Discovery. We'll we'll screen the episode, so you'll have all the context you need if you've never seen any star trek before i don't know why you're listening to our show but mm-hmm. uh welcome we we hope you enjoy it but you will have all the context you need you can watch the one hour show that we will then be talking about and you won't need any like long you know uh, baggage like you just need that so yeah not that we won't make any armis references but you know we'll try I mean, there'll probably be a couple yeah you can't help it we're only human but that is June 30th, and we would love to see as many people as can make it to Seattle as possible. Mm. Um, and that's all for this time. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this. 